0: And you know what you want in life and why, then it just happens.
1: Welcome to the Phase Four podcast inspired by Vishen Lakiani and Ajit Nawalka, co founders of Evercoach, a division of Vine Valley. In this podcast, we speak to coaches and creatives about where they were, where they are, and where they are going. This is the intersection of what we focus on expands. And your story is your superpower. My guest today embodies everything this podcast is about. Her journey is incredible. It's just such a resilient story and from where we were to where we're going, and what she's done is just unbelievable. And I'm grateful to have you on the podcast today, Mika. Welcome to the podcast.
0: Well, thank you.
1: Yeah, it's so to be here, honor. Yeah, big time. So the the amount of things you're doing in the different directions we could go with this is just endless because you're doing so many amazing things in the world. But I think. Maybe it would be helpful to start where you were. When? Yeah, we could go back however you want. I was reading your e-story the other day and I was like crying just not because we've all been through some kind of trauma, right? But yours just kept going and kept going and you didn't you didn't let it just define you. You you turned it into superpower and that's exactly what we're trying to do. So however you want to take it. <laughs> okay.
0: You just uh, made goosebumps, over My body just saying it like that. Um, yeah, it's interesting, right? Because when we think about our story, we always see it from our own perspective, right? And when we get an external perspective, it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, where to start? I don't know. Um. Well, I, I was born in Spain in the middle of the mountains. Um, to my parents, who were German, and they kind of left uh, <laughs> the German uh, ways of living to be, well, self-sustainable with the idea in the middle of the Spanish mountains, and they were guided there. Um, well, that's at least what my dad keeps on saying, that well, he was led there to this uh, magical place, and when he found it, he fell in love, and I can see why. <laughs> It's um it's really on top of the mountains and uh, just to get there you drive two hours from the closest village and this is where I was actually born on this mountain and um, well um, talking about the uh, <laughs> dramatic experience I think uh, my life already started like that because uh, the well the, My mom wanted to have a birth at home, right? And um, there was a midwife that was supposed to be there. And uh, just as I was arriving, um, this person got scared and ended up running away leaving my dad and my mom (laughs) alone (laughs) to figure out how to bring me to this world. And, um, well. I don't know i think my father is a very resilient man himself and uh, he just uh, well together they made it happen and he still tells me nowadays what it does to your story well because you came you came out and i was expecting you to cry or whatever you see in movies but there you were smiling at me <laughs> so yeah that's um, that's like an interesting beginning already um Then my brother and my sister came, and unfortunately, um, the idyllic phase of the idyllic family that, uh, well, it initially was um, quite a part of my got schizophrenia when I was five, Um, that was quite intense because it happened pretty quickly and we didn't quite know what was happening or or how to deal with it. I mean, I was five at the time. My sister was one, Um, Mm. my brother three, so yeah, you can imagine. in the middle of the mountain, there were also like, there were always people coming from all over the world, um, to uh, have their own experience. Um, it's like, um, well, my father was part of winning workers on organic farms. That's called like, wolf as well. So for now it, it's globally available. And it means that people can come from all over to spend some time, help out, um, learn new things. And then we began whenever they feel like it. So we always had people around, but uh, the the essence of the family was kind of the four of us. And well, it left me in that position, right? Um, Where I was taking care of my sister. And uh, well, when I was, this is a a little shortcut, uh, sorry, a a little uh, step out of my story. When I was doing DQ, like positive intelligence, and there's exercise where you look at uh, uh, picture of you as a child right and I was looking for a picture of mine and I came across this picture where I'm holding my sister and I'm, I'm five I'm holding my sister and she's one so like there's this little girl holding this big baby and and then I saw so many more pictures like that and I thought like yeah really like it's, uh, it's amazing and like what children are capable of doing even though they don't know what's going on they just step into it and um, yeah so that's that's how the story continued and how, well, we were quite happy living in the mountains. My dad was homeschooling us. I'm saying homeschooling because, well, you know, it's like you learn by doing. He was a teacher. Well, he, he, yeah, he studied teacher English and geography. Um, but yeah, then um, my mom came back and she wanted to take us away. We, we, we loved her, but we couldn't trust her. She was not uh, the person that could take care of us. And uh, she tried to use this, um, well, this fact that in Spain, you, you you have to go to school. So what, what my dad was doing was not really um, allowed. So she went using that against them to get the children uh, when they divorced. Luckily, the judge asked us children what we wanted. And that's what made um, my dad be able to keep us. Because at the time, you can imagine, like, we're talking 30 years ago or well, 25 years ago, like, it was almost never the father that kept the children, um, in any type of, uh, dispute around this. Right. Um, so we were very grateful that we could stay with our dad, but the consequence for that was that we needed to go to boarding school because like I mentioned at the beginning, we were very far away from society. So if you actually wanted to go to school, yeah, you're not going to drive two hours every day, uh, to town and back, uh, <laughs> that <laughs> was not feasible. Right. So. Um, we started going to a boarding school um, and it was financed by the state so um, the people going there were often people that were from in some way disadvantaged families and had their own traumas already right so so i came from this free state in the mountains to this literally when i think back um, it it was it was really like a prison uh, for children i mean with all the best intentions that they had, right? But but when you come from the mountain, you come to this. Well, I mean, there was like <clears throat> four meter high um, uh, fences around the place, so for the children not to escape, right? Just to put it into into <laughs> perspective, and the children. I mean, we were so different. Uh, we were really outcasts um, and bullied a lot for being different, not wearing the branded clothes and uh, having a dad that would come with a van that wasn't clean and like it was you know coming from the countryside and he would have all sorts of things in there but nothing that habitual uh, parents would have so it was really like yeah impressive how children can really treat you when you're different and that's what it came down to and it affected me for quite some time but I mean, you you grow through it. You have experiences where you actually feel like, okay, extremes are putting you to step into your strength. So that happened when, um, I think we were there already for two or three years. So I must have been 12 or 13 or something. And there were two girls really bullying me, so extreme every day. Like I don't know what they had against me, but they were really like, um, and well, this day they were waiting in the toilets for me. We had lockers so they knew that after school I would come to leave my stuff in my locker and uh, they were alone uh, and I didn't see them until I was inside if they closed the door behind me if they found myself locked in with uh, two bullies <laughs> um, so yeah it, it wasn't really like it, it brought out the fighter in me I, I was not uh, really aware of my strength at that moment but um, well yeah um, they started hitting me and I started defending myself just as a survival <laughs> reaction, right? And uh, well, I don't know how long it took, but uh, within, I don't know, five to ten minutes, um, the the teachers had been called uh, and they were able to open the door from outside and uh By that time, I was sitting inside on top of my two bullies and had immobilized them on the floor, right? And this is like what they opened the door to. And I was looking at them like, ah, it's like, what now? Like, I've got to be in trouble. (laughs) And well, luckily enough, um, the teachers, they didn't know what was going on. And they didn't know that I was not at the origin of this uh... So, luckily, I, I didn't have uh, much negative consequences. I had more positive consequences because after people actually started respecting a little bit more, and uh... weird, (laughs) right? Yeah, really.
1: So, but yeah, if I'm if I'm hearing you, you became a mother almost at the age of five or six, right? So you went from this simple life in a mountain and beautiful nature everywhere, and all of a sudden you go into this kind of not even a city life, but even a tighter concrete jungle where the kids are, are put into almost like a cage. Right. And then, yeah. Um, so I think your dad seems like such an amazing person. And then that's obviously a reflection of you, right? Because you're an amazing person. And so I, I can't emphasize enough how amazing your story is because just the for you to even write it down and talk about it, it's very brave and to be vulnerable like that, it's very special because there's a lot in there. And then because of what I know now, like, it's just like, wow, this is like, take your trauma and make it a triumph. And so that kind of got you through the younger years. <clears throat> and then maybe you want to talk about your corporate life or I know you started in a Swiss hotel as a waitress, and then we went into the corporate world.
0: Yeah, so I left the uh, the boarding school when I was uh, 16. Um, Right after I had an operation, I had a brain tumor when I was 16. Um, And while that was epileptic attacks, it took a long time for them to figure out what was going on. Um, It was actually was my dad persisting that made them look until they found what it was that was causing the epileptic attacks, because I almost died at that age literally bring me back from one of those attacks and then i i was in a space where i could continue um what i was doing i needed something else and luckily enough for my best friend's father was having a new job and in, um, in france at the time and uh, our dads got together and they said well ladies, do so you want to go to france but under what condition you really need to go back to school and do that uh, right and we were like yeah sure let's go and we went to france We spent four years there did high school there um, got very good grades in the end and afterwards it was like okay what do i do do i go to study Uh, and like everyone is telling me i have to or do i follow my heart which is actually going to work because like i had enough of this school system where i'm learning so much but at the same time i have the feeling it doesn't it doesn't tell me much about life so i wanted to get experience and to anyone who would tell me how crazy i was i was like okay yeah m- uh, maybe i'm crazy um, i was calling myself mika loca at the time which is like uh, crazy Mika. <laughs> i was like yeah sure maybe i'm crazy but you know what now i can go back to study anytime if i ever feel like it um and they were like well fair enough so and and as i went to switzerland um worked as a waitress in a hotel in the summer season there I met uh, one of my colleagues who was uh, a Scotsman and I fell in love with him. And so uh, well, we left the hotel together, and uh, we were in Spain for a little bit. Then we went to Scotland. I was working as a waitress there as well. And then I thought, like, yeah, but this is like, this is cool. But like, what else can I do? And then he was like, oh, Mika, you speak languages. Like you should do something ah, but I don't have any diplomas or certifications or anything. Like, what am I going to do with it? I'm like, well, there's enough people needing languages and you speak and write them. So, I don't know, come up with something. (laughs) And I started looking at customer service positions at the time. My first job was in a call center in Edinburgh, where I was picking up the phone in five different languages. For five different companies that would uh, where customers would just call me and I would just continuously switch and it was quite a crappy job in the sense that I couldn't do anything for them they would complain about stuff that's why we were there right to take the complaints and we would have to reassure them how much action we were going to take but we wouldn't actually do anything with it all we would do is log it in a system and that's what all we were allowed to do so I thought like yeah okay, this this is not it. so after six months, um, I had the experience with them, which was great, you know and and also very good colleagues I have that but it was fun. Uh, <laughs> it was a very international um, yeah um team because of the languages and the cast. so after six months, I was like, uh, Richie, like, what are we gonna do like uh, I don't know, let's go somewhere else. And I was like, well, hold on, it's quite cool. and not like yeah, and they speak English, right? Because he speaks uh, Scottish or English. Um, so the yeah, Spain, Germany, they are not so much into speaking English. I mean, they will squeeze out three words for you, uh, or maybe five. But uh, yeah, if you want to live there. <laughs> so actually, how uh, this is how the Netherlands came. So we lived one year in Amsterdam, and I was uh, working for a Fortune five hundred company there having to fix the, um, uh, the servers. Uh, so for big banks, et cetera, if the server was to go down, we would need to figure out very quickly how to get it back up and, and that in a global uh, environment. So it was, it was fun. Um, but they were working already on outsourcing the customer service. So I wasn't getting my contract and I thought at some point, like, you know, yeah. Uh, I'm sort of done with this, so I, I, I left, I went to Spain again, helped my dad for quite some time, and then we came back to the Netherlands, no, we went back to Scotland and we came back to the Netherlands, and we, when we came back to the Netherlands, I, uh, well, I first got a job um, at a construction company, they were selling tools and stuff, and it was interesting, but uh, they, like, I have inside of me this drive, right, like, I observed things, how they go, and then once I know how they work in a company, then I see how they can be improved, right? And how things can work better. And this was not appreciated in many cases, uh, as you might imagine. Um, it's like, no, but we have done this for 20 years like this. So who are you allowed to come and tell us any different? We don't see any reason to do it any different. This works. Don't try to fix a wheel that's, uh, that's uh, working. And I'm like trying to fix it i'm just trying to make it more efficient and better for everyone right so yeah the the, the company in the end i wasn't very happy there they were bought up and that was the question okay what now i had one month to find a new job and at the time uh shell actually was looking for people uh in the customer service and uh, different languages etc so i applied and uh, I started working for them and for me, it was a big step because I was coming from the background where Shell and anyone that is in the big oil business is actually one of the big evil things that are happening in the world, right? <laughs> um, so, I really had to think for myself, like, am I going to accept this and what am I going to do if I go in there? Because money is not the motivation in itself, and it never has been for me, there, there needs to be something more in it, right? <laughs> yes there needs to be a heart and to be a purpose there needs to be like a higher good that you're moving so when I joined them I decided you know I'm going to make a difference from the inside because it's easy to stand outside bad (laughs) guys but how about going inside connecting with the people and really try to make a difference from there and it was funny because uh, when I joined and people asked me like why I was joining Shell like inside of Shell I was like, yeah, you know, the environment, it's so important and the people, you know. <laughs> and they were looking at me like, well, some people weren't saying anything, but others were saying, well, I don't know if you're in the right company. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, well, nevertheless, the right people did appreciate uh, my drive and, and my vision, and my values. And um, I had a very good time there. I... I well, I also had very challenging times, but um, overall, it was uh, a very interesting journey because I learned so much about myself, but also about the corporate environment, the things that work well, things that could be working much better. And uh, yeah, in, in the end, I uh, well, there was a big reorganization happening anyway. And I always wanted to be my own boss. And I never quite knew how or, or what I would be doing, but I always knew like, Like one day I'm going to be my own. (laughs) And I had this dream since a long time. And when people would ask me, what are you going to be doing? I was like, I don't know, but I want to be traveling the world and I want to be able to work from anywhere doing stuff that actually really helps people and still have my freedom. And, you know, this was like 10 years ago. People would look at me like, yeah, right. Keep on dreaming. (laughs) Um, well, and then the reorganization happened and I had the opportunity to leave. I was at the end of my assignment. Like I had spent the last two years of the energy transition, bringing everyone, all the different departments, all the different companies that are under the big umbrella of Shell, together to work really on the energy transition and everything that can bring. And I was at the end of my assignment. So the question was, okay are you going to stay or are you going to leave? And it, it was a scary choice to, to say, well, you know, I'm, I'm actually going to take this step, walk away from the safe environment where I have my status. I, I And like people know me. I, I know what I'm doing, sort of, or I figure it out as we go. And I decided to do it nonetheless uh, because I felt like, okay, if I don't do it now, then when? And so, uh, well, uh, when I did that uh, step, it was January 2022. And uh, well, the first of January was my first day officially uh, uh, looking for a new job. Um, and well, then I got around to Mind Valley. Well, basically, I was already for a long time with Mind Valley, had already done some courses, and then came Evercode with a certification. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, So that story you just told about
1: Shell, that's your story in ebook two, right? And so yes. And so in ebook two, your story for me, it it reads the first story, is kind of like your bio in ebook one. And then the second story, it reads like a story, like almost like a movie or something, where like you can see the characters going through the transitions, and this is the chapter here, and this is the part here. And I think it's really amazing. And um, the ebooks that we're talking about, and anyone who listens to podcasts has heard me talk about with other guests, have ebooks. Some of them are in the same ebook. This is your brainchild, you and Noelli, and you guys have come up with this idea. So maybe before we go to 2022, could we talk about the ebooks?
0: Well, they're part of 2022. You're right. Okay. Um- <laughs> Okay, do you want to go to something else, or do we want to go there? Uh, both are fine. Yeah, we can go. Okay, yeah, let's go to 2022. Yeah, go ahead. Right. <laughs> so 2022, I leave the company. I first needed a month to detox and actually, like, find a normal me again. That wasn't this hyper and constantly stressed uh, person trying to everyone and uh, well yeah it, it is I mean I enjoyed it a lot because as a hyper achiever with my saboteur uh, I, I, I I can also thrive in this corporate environment I like it there's a lot of positive in it but I I was really also happy to to calm down and uh, to to come back to to my roots to really feel more my body and 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 and, and come more to a, to a, to a calm state where I'm not constantly hyper, but actually like, okay, I can see the flow a bit differently and I can connect differently. So that took me about, about two months. I I found a garden in the area, like a communal garden and they had, one. well, I was introduced through my neighbor. She was moving away and that's when I met her, I helped her move out into her new place. And then she said, well, you know, by the way, I have a garden and we have been talking about gardening. It seems like you like that a lot and you visit. Um, How about I pass you my garden? And I was like, excuse me, what? (laughs) I was so happy to hear that because I'm living in Rotterdam. And I'm now lucky we live in by the park. So it's a lot more um, nature than normal Rotterdam. But to have a garden on top of that was like, wow. And she introduced me and such nice people are really amazing. And they were like, yeah, sure. We have a garden for you. And I started, um, well, it it was springtime. I started preparing the garden. I started working in it and it it, it just helped me to really like come down again and into who I really am at my essence, like much more connected with nature. And that's also uh, where I saw an advert on YouTube uh, about the Ever code certification it was live coach at the time and I really didn't have to think long I thought like this is this is the right thing for me um mm-hmm. like I I knew my money through <clears throat> so um and th- that was the first quest I had that I invested in uh, four years ago and it was a big investment for me at the time but I thought like okay you know they're promising me that if I do everything and I want my money back at the end, that I will get it. So you know what, I'm going to go for it. For me at the time, I, I didn't really have the money to, to do it, but it was funny because when I did it, I started figuring out so many things in my life that actually I gained all the clarity I needed. And suddenly I got a promotion and suddenly uh, everything started rolling so quickly that I thought like, yeah, you know what? I don't want to back all this. I want to keep this. I want to do this again. This is amazing. This is exactly what I needed. <laughs> Um, so anyway, this is just a quick, uh, back to, to where I met my body. So when I saw the certification, I thought like, yeah, I, I need this. I, this is where I need to go. I, I need to go to coaching. This is actually what I've been doing before without realizing that I was doing it, uh, in my normal work environment. So yeah, we started doing the course and, and we were in the pods connecting with each other and there were so many deep stories and uh, like really everyone was so open and vulnerable and I was inspired like through all the people around me like wow and well through these interactions I also met Noemi I think we met in March in one of these pods and it was a short one it was a really short one but um, we decided to have a follow-up connect afterwards because it went so well this short little pod and um, so we just we we said a time. I can't remember what time we said, but we said a time to connect, and we talked for like four hours nonstop, and it was amazing because the connect we had was like, like how is this even possible? It feels like we know each other like for years and maybe from another lifetime. <laughs> um, we only stopped that conversation because we eventually we had to go to bed and actually sleep, you know. <laughs> But that was the beginning of um, Noélie and me really uh, starting to interact and she already had this vision of like ebooks and and she had already started with it, um, like bringing everyone together to to bring this vision of the ebooks together and I loved her vision. I was instantly on board and I thought like, you know what, I'm actually ready to to share my story now. Like I've been hiding for a long time, but now I've been ready to share it and inspire others, hopefully uh, let them see that, you know, everything is uh, a journey in life and it depends what we do with what we have faced that actually determines where we get to and what happens with, with us in our lives. So, yeah, I, I jumped on, on the train with Noeli and I was just super enthusiastic and excited and we just started doing everything together. We met in Tallinn and uh, that was the first time we met uh, physically, but we had already been like in contact almost every day via <laughs> WhatsApp through the ebook um, to get it all together. And it was done in a very short time as well. Like it was, I don't know. It was as if it was just waiting to get out there, and it just needed like uh, like a conduct to 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 get there. And well, yeah, hundred percent.
1: So. Earlier, you were talking about at work, at the other work, how people were afraid of change. And it seems like a lot of people just, they try to resist change, like they don't want it, not realizing like that's just the entire point of it. Like you're always constantly changing from the beginning of this conversation to the end, you're a different person. And then you said how when Lifebook came, it just started becoming clearer and that You allowed yourself to flow and like, okay, everything kind of just puzzle pieces started fitting together and you figured it out. And then by letting yourself flow, then when CLC came around, certified life coach, that it was just a natural fit. And then from there, even the idea of like you being in a pod with Noelle only for like five minutes, right? Maybe if you were in the pod, like every other pod for 30 minutes, maybe you don't go forward and have that follow-up conversation. But like not resisting, just allowing it to happen and being okay, we need to have another conversation that wasn't long enough. The fact of both your guys' background, where you come from, the countries you've been in, the languages you speak, another natural, perfect fit. And then the book, like your story is one, like I thought my story is powerful, but your story is such a, like, if I can do it, anyone can do it kind of story. Right. And so, um, you touched on talent. I'd love to go there as well, but maybe, before that, um, expand maybe on the ebook and then how there's a whole series now.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. So ebook one uh, was really uh, yeah. I think our first pancake. We were really figuring things out as we went, like because it started with Noeli having this vision and then she put it out there and people started like coming and like yeah, I want to participate and we had all these beautiful stories and one was more inspiring than the next, like. Well, you know, I've only read your story now in the 2nd ebook, e-book, but I was like, wow, like <laughs> I'm so impressed by your story, but, but coming back to the 1st ebook, so, so everything was like, like, like flowing and we wanted to launch it in Tallinn because we thought like what better moment than us coming all together in Thalin and launch it there. Um, and, and, and it was crazy because neither of us had ever done it. Uh, it, it was just like, okay, well, we're, we're going to figure it out. And I remember in Tallinn, like several days where we couldn't have been anywhere doing anything, we were actually still working on the book to get it out. <laughs> we, we had to employ some guys because we didn't realize how difficult it was to put it in the right format. So it actually looks the, the right way when you print it or have it in the ebook. So we, we started figuring out someone that would help us that we hired. And uh, then, yeah, that was also a whole story in itself. Um, like one guy did it very good, the other guy did something and then he disappeared when we actually noticed that he hadn't quite done what we needed from him. Then he was like offline and telling us he couldn't do anything and we were like, uh. and then the first guy was like, oh, don't worry, just pass it to me, I will help you. And he helped us beautifully and we managed to bring it out and then, well, we we decided to give it uh, away for free for the first week and uh, to just really let everyone like see what can be created when so many people come together and actually speak their true stories right and and share it with the world um and yeah so that that was a i i felt it was a huge success even though for you know like if you look at the exact numbers uh, you know it's not exactly a bestseller yet but (laughs) yeah i think (laughs) maybe in a few years (laughs) The
1: idea with that is like, yeah, the numbers, don't worry about the numbers. The idea that you took a book or a vision in your head and in four months made a book out of it. Elizabeth Gilbert has a book called Big Magic and she talks about how people have ideas and if you don't, the universe is coming to you to give you this idea, to make it, birth it and manifest it. And if you don't take that idea and make it actionable, even just by writing it down to start, that idea might go to somewhere else. And she continues to go on. And say how she um, she had an idea for a book. She described the entire book. And then she went to like a different author in a whole different part of the country. And this author brought her book. Like she was working on this book. She never actually like finished it. She put it down for a couple years. Somebody else wrote the exact same book with the same line. Yeah, like the same character. It was weird because it was so detailed. Like they went to Brazil and then she met this guy and like this other one. And she's like, that was my story. Which her point was like, if you don't take those intuition and insights and use them, the universe will just move on to someone else who will, right? And so that's what you guys do. And that's the, one of the biggest things I love about you is how much action you're taking everywhere. <laughs>
0: Thank you. Yeah, I, I, I like what you just said, right? It's like when, when someone, like they say that also with the mention of, stuff, right? When, when they invent stuff, like once someone starts working on something, like there is this connection uh, through the, like, the magnetic field where actually, okay, now one person has figured it out. So it, like someone else that is on a similar line can then connect and, and well, actually, like you just said, maybe come up with the exact same thing <laughs> before you do if you don't move, right? But uh, I think it's it's beautiful to, to see this connection and, and this connection, I think it's, it's deep. And and that's the essence also of like yeah I mean, um, ebook two, like how we became coaches like I think uh, it's it's a beautiful story for everyone how, how we end up getting there but but also like like what I really found so amazing is that in my time in, CLC especially like a life coach certification more than business coach certification but still both they they. Like the people that come together are much more hard driven people than, let's say, the average. And I finally felt at home, I was like, wow, like I'm not a weirdo anymore. There's more people like me. (laughs) Yes. And, And it's not easy to find them. Like, I don't know. I live in a big city and I was working in a big company, in a big corporation, several big corporations. And I always connected with some people, right? but i always felt and, and and that wasn't a regular thing like like my visions and my ambitions were like like three steps ahead of what the average being around me was able to like relate to so i felt like like why do i have the need to 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 to, to why do i even have these visions they just come to me right and it's, it's... but anyway i mean when you when you act on them uh it's it's amazing what can happen and it it, it's impressive because i i underestimate myself regularly and and i still have that like this uh and and i think this comes from from like uh, well my mother abandoning me like she didn't abandon me but it felt like that when i was tired right so so this feeling somewhere in me like i'm not good enough like no matter what i do it's like there's always something underneath telling me like the the judge, the sabo, you're not good enough. <laughs> um, but 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 I think that it's it's also through the insecurity and through the fear that we can actually grow if we keep on doing what we think is right despite these feelings and despite these insecurities and and when we do that, it's like it's it's like everyone, comes on board that should be on board at that time and suddenly things move right that that's how hard did you have, like um like basically noenie and i we were at the end of life coach certification we had started business uh, coach certification because we had realized that actually the background where we came from like the corporate environment is in in so much pain in the daily work environment and it's It could be so much more harmonious and it wouldn't just be better for the well-being of the employees. It would also be so much better for the outcome and the results of the company. And still this connection is often missed, right? So we thought, okay, we we need to go and and bring what we are learning here in the coaching, bring this somehow back to the corporate environment and, and help the connection between like the mind and the heart. And that's how hard strategy, G hard was born, right? We felt like, this, this is connected. This should be connected. If we connect this in in a normal work environment, the decisions and and the impact on the world and on the people in this world and on the environment and our future children—not mine, but uh, <laughs> anyone who has them—will um, be amazing. And like, this is what we need. And it, it was in a way, a vision that just came to us, right? And we just started talking about it and it made so much sense. and then like we started talking a bit with people and people were like, oh yeah, this makes sense and, and then is how how hard it we kind of started growing and we are now like, yeah, there's 30 odd coaches in this collective starting this a startup as a collective coaching collective bringing all our skills together and and being able to offer this to the corporate environment through one entity but with all these different bases and beautiful contributions and skills and and a life backgrounds like to me this is still like even though it, it's happening I still have my days where, where I doubt myself and where thought like yeah what were you thinking like who do you think you are like this <laughs> You know,, I mean doubts that creep in, but it's part of it, and it's fine. it would be weird if it wasn't right
1: i I get those sometimes too, and i'm I'm getting better at just telling my mind to shut up. But I notice that yeah. the more you like when those doubts come, just take some kind of action, and then it starts to silence the doubts over time. Like the more action you take, then it's like, I don't know. It becomes their thing where like, okay, I know my mind's doing this to keep me safe and it just wants to hang out and do nothing. Cause yeah. that's the safest way to do it. But if you know that you can kind of circumvent it and just tell your mind to shut up and it works for me. Um, yeah. And so I like to Do I love the idea. Like, cause I, I used to work at a, a government place and it's very toxic. They're all just about the bottom line. You're a number. No one cares. Like the employees are not important the employees become a pain in the butt to these people. And I i always thought that too, like, what if, what if you treated people better? Do you think they would actually produce more, better work for you? Right? Like it's, and then it goes back to flowing, just allowing it to flow. If you treat people good, they're going to treat you good, a golden rule and everything like that. So hard to do is like, <clears throat> you're going to go into workplace. You're going to help change workplace culture to a more heart-centered approach instead of just the bottom dollar. Then you also have, with Hardajit, you can do executive coaching for the managers to teach them that. You have an employee engagement with one-on-one for the employee. And then even you're having, um coming up, coming up individual coaching, Uh there's a retreat that you're having in the
0: works. And is there anything else? i well i think that's that's the essence of it so we really need to 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 stop expecting of these poor leaders and poor executives and managers that they can just uh, fix their teams and the work culture by themselves because let's face it, it it it's asking a lot from them and yeah i mean you can have a coaching and the coaching can be great but you're not going to change it on your own so um this is something i saw regularly in my workplace and i keep i keep on getting confirmed all around like when you actually want to change a work culture, you need to address the workforce all together, right? And that's on a that's I would say top down, but definitely all together as well. So so yes, leadership coaching, but also group coaching, team coaching, uh one on one coaching. Whatever is needed. And every company, every challenge, every team is different. But in the end they're all humans that are part of it. And humans are very individual. On one hand, but at the other hand, we all want very similar things when we boil it down to the essence. Like, we need love, we need appreciation, we need to feel safe. Like, these are basics and it's difficult to achieve that in such a competitive environment, especially if you don't see that actually you're going to have more dollar back in the company, the, the happier the people are for you. And these type of micro, uh, micro managers that think that because they control everything, they're getting the best out of their team. I'm sorry, I've never performed as crappy work as under them and and not because I wanted. It was just like, I, I cannot be myself. I cannot contribute who I really am and all what I can contribute. So I think what you just said about um, government and, and, and the lower layers and like It's the people at the front of the workforce that see what's happening. They are the ones that see what can be improved, how it can be improved. Take them on board. Get them into the same discussion. Listen to what they have to say. Thank them for being critical because they wouldn't be telling you if they didn't hear. If they didn't want to make a positive difference, you wouldn't hear nothing. Then you have the passive workforce that takes the paycheck at the end of the month, does the minimum output and it just shuts up because they know they're not paid for speaking out. And also these fake um, and like positive environment where it's like, yeah, you know, guys, uh, you need to tell us like what you think and stuff. But actually, um, this is what they say. And when you do it, because you're one of the few doing it, you get like into trouble because of it and i had it myself right and and people were telling me like nika you need to stop speaking out like like this is not going to work in your advantage like you're not going to make career like this." and well luckily enough the right people did appreciate it i did make career maybe because of me being the way i was i would say but it's 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 scary and I would not want people to go through this unless it's uh, the only way but I think there's so much more positive ways and that's what we want to bring to companies. really like be proactive in taking your people on board and you will be amazed at the creativity mm-hmm. that people have when you want to really know what they have to say and when you put all of that together like It's not just that the everyday life is going to be lot more fun at work because that's where we spend most of our time. No, it's not just that. It's just like everyone is going to be glowing, working together. And yes, there's still going to be competition somewhere in the background. But the first thing is going to be camaraderie. It's going to be how to work together to make the company better. And the results are going to be better. And probably they're going to be getting more money in the end because of it, because it's recognized that it's actually the people making the money for the company right so anyway
1: long run that, but <laughs> no no it's great that's how we got gmail right google was like hey let's give our employees some time to work on something that they want and make them feel better about it. like and that's how they came up with gmail the one word you said back there was safe and it kind of um it blankets everything right there because if employees can feel safe to make mistakes to grow like and that it's not gonna be a big Huge deal, like obviously, if you keep making mistakes, then we're gonna talk about it. But if employees can feel safe to be themselves, to contribute to that their opinions valued, that they're validated, then all of this stuff, it's just gonna help everyone. And so, yeah, you're right about the part two with um that the bosses, it's not even their fault. They're that's just how they the culture's been like that forever, so they need help too. Uh we we have a little bit of time left. I got a couple things I want to go to so. Maybe this is a phase four podcast and phase four of the six phase meditation is all about creating your futures three years out. So
0: where's Mika three years from today? Mika three years from today has a thriving heart to g business helping many, many businesses and coaches to actually get the best from each other and contribute the best to each other. But that's only one side of it. The other side is going to be our retreat center. So the place where I told you initially that I was born and grew up on, it actually burned down in March this year. So, um, well, my brother had been renovating it for four years and it was almost finished and then due to a work accident. there was a spark that hit the wrong place and nobody noticed. And then suddenly it went very quickly and the whole place went up in flames within a few hours. And luckily nobody was hurt. Like there were five people, including children, and my dad and my brother and like family living there that could have been hurt. Nobody was hurt. Um, so it was a huge shock. Everything gone. Um, and... Well, first, of course, all the emotions that come up, all the loss and and, uh, grieving um, because of this place being gone. But within like a couple of weeks, like I think maybe two or three weeks after, like I I had just started like, well, I think I had digested sort of what happened and that there was no way back, right? What's lost? is lost and that's it. But the place, the, 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 the terrain is from my dad, like he bought it 40 years ago. And it's a, it's a magical place. And I started having visions, like really vivid visions of a retreat center there. And it, it sort of was a retreat center before, but um a very rustical one. And the vision I'm having now is actually a really like a high-end retreat center, but in the middle of nowhere, like really close to nature, close to the stars with a view on the mountains. Like it, it's actually you're going on a retreat only just by traveling there already so i see that at least being started from here to three years i mean it, it will take some time to to get the money together there will be some crowdfunding there will be some yeah investors needed um, but i think this project really complements our uh, heritage and what we're trying to achieve very well and um uh, it it feels like it will happen because everything is coming together and, and flowing in that direction. And I was very afraid of these thoughts initially when I had them. And now I actually feel comf- confident that it will work out one way or another. <laughs> I love but it. But yeah, that's where I see
1: I love it. I have yeah. a dream of a retreat center here. We moved outside the city right six weeks, well, January, right before COVID. And uh, we have a pond and it's surrounded by trees. And there's like a a fenced off section where we keep our dogs. And my wife wants to put goats there and do like goat yoga. And (laughs) and I'm like, hey, this is good. Because there's just, we have it all different sections, right? So you can have a spot in the woods there. And there's all sorts of stuff, zip lines, um, kayaks. And there's one spot over there I'm looking at right now. And it's where I chop wood. And I'm like, hey, this is great. We can get people to come up and chop the wood for us.
0: <laughs> well, that's exactly what my dad had been doing all this time. It was basically people coming to help you out with whatever you need, enjoying it because they're not used to that lifestyle. And and you can get all. I mean, you don't need a retreat center for that. And like, this is quite uh, down to earth and you can easily do it. Yeah, it's, it's important really- to get
1: back to nature. And like, especially in that corporate world and, just this high pace, like the apps, even just in the last 10 years, the notifications and the apps, like our brain has to process so much. And if you don't have that downtime, it's kind of back to that safe thing. You don't have time to rest and repair. And then that's how people get stressed out anxiety, depression, all sorts of stuff. So getting out in nature is huge. And yeah, when you speak about your place, it's I can picture it. It seems magical. This place here is super magical too. Like unbelievable things that are just like, People wouldn't believe them, but, um, Oh, I would love to come to Canada. It's such a magical place. (laughs) Yes, please. Um, (laughs) I I would love to know, I know we're like right up against it, but I want to know, um, what's your favorite, maybe my Valley quest author certification and why?
0: For me, I think really, uh, it will come back to my first course that I really did with them and was Lifebook and Lifebook is so powerful and Like, especially if you've never done much self-development or, or you really just want to get somewhere quite fast, I would recommend life. And everything else can come on top of that. But when you know what you want in life and why, then it just happens. It's like, it's like you give the order to the waiter of the universe and you say, Hey, I want a pizza with salami. Okay, there you go. (laughs) It's not like, Hey, I I want something to eat. Well, I mean... uh... (laughs) It's not the same type of order, right?
1: Yeah. The more detail you can put into your intentions, the more it's going to manifest. And yeah, like even looking back, if if, I don't know about anyone else, but for me, I can look around, look at my life, look at certain parts of my life and be like, oh, I actually asked for that. Like, I just maybe didn't realize the (laughs) way I asked for it. But um, yeah, that's awesome. And then before I ask my last question is tell us something fun or something that people maybe don't know about you. We mm,
0: mean something fun. Well, <laughs> something only close people to me know um, is that I love pickles. Like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what type of pickles. It doesn't matter what time of the day or the night. I can have pickles, and I love them. It, I, I make my own pickles of all sorts. I I don't know. it. it I don't find it funny. I find it delicious, but people usually find it quite funny. <laughs> I think it's funny. I, I knew that actually.
1: So yeah, that's pretty funny. Um, yeah. I told you hard to G guys. <laughs> right.
0: And then my final question is how can people connect with you? Yeah, on LinkedIn, on Facebook, on Instagram. Yeah. You can also find me via hard to com.
1: Perfect. Mika, thank you so much for today. I'm so grateful
0: for your time oh thank you jp it was an absolute pleasure and honor thank you